0: Lock Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Deb from Media Night Radio. As you know, we're welcoming to the airwaves award-winning actor and on-air personality Ralph Cole Jr. Mr. Cole has made a splash on the big and small screens, stage, and radio waves. Ralph is best known for his scene-stealing guest spots on top-rated television shows like Scrubs, Dexter. Cold Case, Desperate Housewives, Two and a Half Men, The Chris Rock Show, Big Time Rush, Harry Law, and Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, to just to name a few. On the big screen, he has had memorable roles in films like Kiss the Bride and The Soloist. Ralph can next be seen with a starring role in the highly anticipated indie film K-11, which will be released in theaters this Friday. The film has been getting a lot of buzz since its screening at the Cannes Film Festival as Jules Mann Stewart's directorial debut and daughter Kristen Stewart is even making a cameo in the film. In addition, Cole Jr. will also appear in the movie musical How Sweet It Is, starring Paul Sorvino and Erica Christensen. He has also been seen in the Lifetime TV movie All About Christmas Eve alongside Haley Duff, which aired recently. When he's not busy acting, Cole Jr. serves as co-host of the popular online radio show On the Set with Jasper Cole on UBN Radio. Among his theater credits, he won an NAACP Theater Award and Friends recognizing entertaining drama Fred the Fred Award. His role as Babalu in Sisterella, which was produced by Robert De Niro and the late, great Michael Jackson. Let's welcome to the airway Ralph Cole Jr. Hi, Ralph. Hello.
1: How are you, Deborah? And hello, Planet Earth. <laughs> well, I am good. How are you doing? I am. Ecstatic to be here with you at Blog Talk Radio on your fabulous Media Night show. I very much appreciate and thank you for your wonderful welcome to your show and I'm very pleased to laugh with you and with your audience. Absolutely. We
0: we we're, we're happy you're here. Uh let's get started. You were born in Burbank, California. Which makes you a phone native, which is where? Oh, great. You are, too. I am. I am. and Ray. (laughs) Where were you born? Uh, In Culver City. Oh, great. And I live adjacent
1: to Culver City now. We're totally neighbors. We are neighbors. How
0: did your California upbringing help to shape your decision to pursue an entertainment career?
1: Well, I lived the first 20 years of my life in Los Angeles, and when I graduated from Pomona College in Claremont is when I decided to move to New York City because I wanted to experience the excitement and what that part of the coast could offer, or what that part of the entertainment industry could offer. So being wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, Being a recent graduate with a a BS in sociology from Pomona, I went on to New York City and lived my 20 years there, getting to experience on and off Broadway and tons of regional theater, which really helped shape – I was born to perform, but it really helped shape my adult entertainment um, industry profession and I was glad to be able to now really live half my life in L.A., half my life in New York City, and then return back to L.A. I feel like I have the best of both coasts under my belt in terms of experience and work ethics and work experiences.
0: Awesome. Now, now I understand that when you were here uh, during the 20 years that you were in Los Angeles, because of the school you attended, you were able to tour England singing soprano in historical cathedrals. Oh,
1: wow. Really did your research, Deborah. Yes. In 1967, I was a member of the Cathedral Choir School. And I was raised an Episcopalian, and I went to the school for two semesters, and as a youngster, um In my fourth and fifth grade, and we had the wonderful opportunity to fly to England and sing in the various cathedrals in the major cities in england and Back in those days, I was a soprano, and it was a wonderful opportunity i mean as i said i- I was born to perform, and these were all opportunities that my parents were generous enough to let me be exposed to and This particular school in 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 addition oh I'm so sorry. In addition to academia, was um, also involved in the musical arts, and where and I remember having to audition to get into the school, and because I was not fortunately tone deaf, I was accepted and was able to have this amazing experience. So I just I started and and those kind that kind of performing it was a very kind of uh, uh, staunch kind of regal kind of performing because we were in cathedrals and it was um, very ornate with the acolyte robes and the various um, ensembles and accoutrements that goes with that those type of ceremonies where it's, whereby it's Easter or Christmas or a baptism or just uh, whatever particular function or program was happening within the church. So we were exposed as young boys to this kind of world. So I started off with a very uh, uh, regal and formidable introduction into the entertainment world.
0: Now, now you saying that as far as it being regal, what, so what kind of effects did that have on you at, su- at such a young age? What did that do for you? In other words, how did it how did it shape what would would happen for the rest of your life?
1: I feel that because first of all, I was in front of an audience, and even though I wasn't a I wasn't a soloist, I was w- within the choir. I feel that the discipline that you one must muster to perform in front of a live audience, and the di- discipline of working with others in a choral type of environment, it just lends itself. Any endeavor you do in the future Mine happens to be performing So it it was A natural progression into that It teaches you discipline It teaches you the pomp and circumstance Of what It is like to perform and why It is taken seriously And why you do have to be on your cues And you do have to be punctual And on time and how you Do have to be a team player And work with other performers It's, It's no, It's no different than receiving the education we do in school, Monday through Friday, when you're that same age. Now, adding on Sundays, being part of this pomp and circumstance weekly, it just instilled in me a discipline of getting to the church on time, no pun intended, getting to your calls on time and And just structuring your life to be a well rounded individual, because I'm in this performing field that's so eccentric and so eclectic and so up and down and so non grounded sometimes because of its unpredictability, those early days help ground me and help it, it continue to help me realize that tenacity does pay off. And I have an an excellent work ethic that I was born with and that was developed at a young age that I am carrying for the rest carrying through for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I would say so. And it and it shows in everything you do and everything that you've accomplished since. On on stage you have garnered awards such as the NAACP Theatre Award for Best Supporting Actor. And Playhouse's Friends recognizing entertaining, entertaining drama the Fred Award for most entertaining actor in the role of Bubbles for the musical titled Cinderella, which happened to be produced by the, uh, you know, the famous Robert De Niro and the late great Michael Jackson. What was it about this musical that made you want to be a part of it? I mean, besides. If you knew, I'm sure you may not have known that, that De Niro was producing it or Jackson was part of it. But what, apart from that, made you want to be a part of this musical? I was
1: first exposed to this musical in New York City. Friends of mine who were performing in another Broadway musical had the opportunity to do a staged reading of this musical, Sister And it is a rousing, black musical based on Cinderella, and it is black women and male voices, vocalists, that are resounding and wonderful, and it makes you get out of your seat and clap your hands. So I had heard some of the recordings, and then there was a breakdown in Backstage, which is a casting newspaper in New York, and I saw the breakdown for this musical, and I thought, oh my God, I'll never get to be in this musical. These people are so fierce that they're singing. I'm a good singer, but I just did not feel I was up to that caliber of like, oh, my God, you guys are wailing. But then there was this character, Baba Lou, that totally spoke to me, and I thought, I could play this character. He's the fairy godfather in the piece to Cinderella, or a.k.a. Cinderella. And I thought, this is something I could execute. So I went to the audition, and I got it. And through callbacks and... Through the initial audition, I was awarded the role so i I mean for me it was it was a dream come true because when I first saw the breakdown, I just passed i turned the page because i remember- i thought I still remember looking at it going, "Oh, Sisterella, yeah, that's that musical my friends are, "Oh God, I'll never be in that," and turned the page because I wasn't getting myself enough credit. And then look at what happened. So there's a lesson right there. It's like never sell yourself short because what you don't see in yourself, someone else does see. And then I realized that when I realized that the part of Babalu was something I really could portray and create, I went for it, full force. And luckily Larry Hart, the creator and director, and Raymond Del Barrio, the choreographer, saw that in me and offered me the role.
0: Wow. Now what what uh do you think is that uh, De Niro and Michael Jackson brought to the musical the uniqueness that made it uh the way it was? Well,
1: in the simplest form, Robert De Niro has his great name and he runs Tribeca Film Center who were the produce one of the producers of the musical. Michael Jackson, of course, we need say nothing further. His name is attached to it. People were were enthused because of that. Also, Michael Jackson's studio, MJJ Productions, housed where Larry Hart was able to record all the music for the show.
0: Oh, okay. So they weren't, like, hands-on, necessarily? Well, Robert De Niro was... He served as an
1: executive producer, so he was there as as hands-on as he needed to be. Michael Jackson was in production meetings and in studio meetings. He didn't do any of the vocals for this, but he served as an executive producer as well. But in terms of hands-on, it was really all Larry Hart, Mm -hmm. the man at the helm, but through Michael's generosity and Larry Hart's of friendship with Michael Jackson is why we were able to all band together and use each other's resources. Oh, that's fantastic. It's like a win win yeah. situation for everyone. You know, here's Robert De Niro with a theatrical company. He's known as the movie star. He's lending his name and his expertise to the project. We have the late Michael, the great late great Michael Jackson with all his claim and, and fame and lending his name to the project. So it was a, a, a lot of people's belief in Larry Hart and in this project to get it off the ground and let it soar like it ultimately did.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you soared with
1: it, right with it. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. Yes, I did, and I am forever grateful. It was the best theatrical experience I've had, best because it was so all encompassing labor intensive fun, getting to travel to Germany for five and a half months with the production, knowing that I created the role, knowing that I never missed a performance in New York, Los Angeles nor Germany nor Austria it was just a very rewarding experience for me I met a lot of great people and was really able to hone my craft So wholeheartedly And so enthusiastically With the help of so many fabulous Co-workers and colleagues So it was a really tremendous um, Experience And it's an experience that I'm able to carry Into my film and TV work to this very day You learn Just like we talked about my early days In the choir school There are a lot of things that we all Learn in our formative years That stick with us For the rest of our lives And Cisterella is one of those milestones in my life, one of those theatrical milestones which has allowed me to once again remain tenacious and persevere in this very challenging career of ours, but also very fun and very rewarding. I'm pleased that I was able to hone my craft while entertain others, while while being a celebrity, while getting to be exposed to Budapest and Prague and Vienna and Munich and Offenbach, and was able to experience all this. And it, it, it's an experience that so many performers love getting to have, and I'm grateful to be one of those performers. Ah, uh,
0: lucky. Um, okay, so so I understand that we have you're in the new film uh that's going to be released on Friday titled K eleven. Can you tell us about this new film? Oh, Deborah, I can more than tell you about it, darling. I love
1: to elaborate about it. Jules Stewart is a fierce first time director of K eleven. She saw something in me from my audition that sparked her so much that she offered me the role of K.K. And I play one of the prison inmates in this very gritty film, and I work with some of the most powerhouse actors in the industry and tried in true names as well as new names. And here again, as I just expounded about, Sister Ella, here is a film experience That once again is a milestone in my career In terms of the people I've gotten to work with And the experience that I garnered Working at Sybil Brand Institute here in the L.A. area It's a defunct prison And working in that environment was so organic And so earthy And so real That it just conjured up all of my fears about what incarceration can be. And it's a journey as an actor, Deborah, whereby you get to create a role for yourself that I've never done. I don't have the experience of being incarcerated, but I created this world for myself and with my other actors and under the tutelage of Jules. So it is a, a, an experience that is another amazing Experience for me in my career It's a film that Is a decent length She has had it Edited to where The most poignant Points that she wanted to make from Her script are realized She Gets these performances out of us That are so real And so guttural And so believable just by the way how giving She was And she's a former script supervisor That's what her career had been She knows so Thoroughly What this could be And how this could become And now she was able to be at the helm Of this and harness Her vision with her actors And this fabulous crew And the wonderful production team And administration team that we have So it. It's a wonderful experience. It's in the independent uh, film genre, as you mentioned. We are getting our opening this Friday in select cities around the United States. And for my listeners and for our listeners here on Planet Earth that are in the North Hollywood area this Friday, it is playing at the Lemley NoHo7 with a wonderful array of uh, show times at 1 p.m., 310, 520, 740. And 10 p.m. And those daily show times will be there for the week through the 22nd. It's a film I encourage, and the film is not for everybody, Deborah. Let's just be real about it. It's a prison mm-hmm. film, so it's not going to attract everybody. But you know what? There are enough people on planet Eartha that so many subject matters walk so many people's worlds, and mm-hmm. this is going to do that because the performances are powerful, and it's gritty, and it's timely.
0: Can you tell us what, I mean, is it about someone's struggle or you don't want to give it away? Um, I will
1: say that, yes, it is about someone's struggle. It's about a man who is mistakenly incarcerated in a section Mm. of... That he necessarily should not have been in But because of his drug binging And his unconsciousness This is where he ends up And once he wakes up His struggle begins As to how he's going to get himself Out of this situation How does the innocent Get himself out of this Very real situation Where you have been painted As the guilty And it's the most It's mistaken identity, Deborah. It's the worst kind of thing that can happen to a human being. It's like this is a mistake. It's like being buried alive. And Goran Viznik does such a visceral portrayal of this man who... It's like, you guys, I am innocent. And you know, what is the one thing that we all say when somebody is in the the collective situation saying I'm innocent, it's like, yeah, we all are innocent. That's why we all are here. And this where we all are happens to be prison. And you are right in the thick of it. So it's it it, it it it's it's moving, and that's what we all want as human beings. Whether it's a prison movie or a vampire movie or a Star Trek kind of adventure movie An Avatar kind of movie, we all want some kind of escape. And K Eleven provides that provocative escape.
0: Well, it almost sounds like K Eleven is like Shawshank Redemption uh, mixed with the one with um, Kevin Bacon and Christian Slater.
1: Well yeah, I mean so many comparisons already have been drawn Deborah. It can be the, exactly what you're saying. And it's not a rehash. There no. are new things happening in this film that we might not have seen before. So I'm I'm happy that Jules has been able to add a special touch to a tried and true subject, tried and Absolutely. true being uh incarceration. Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, in addition to your film K-11, you also have a musical coming out titled How Sweet It Is with yes. Paul, Paul Sorvino and Erica Christensen. Yes. What What can you tell us about the character you play in that movie? Oh, my goodness. It's a little bit different than
1: my K-11 character. This movie is slated as a mafia movie musical. And in this particular oh. one, a transvestite who has the a pre op actually it's a pre op trans oh God, you know what? It's actually both roles I play in K eleven and in how sweet it <laughs> is are pre op transsexuals because in how sweet it is, I am pissed off at this guy that gave us bad estrogen. So <laughs>
0: and
1: and we all end up it's so wacky. Like the mafia guy is put he this man owes him money. And the mafia guy is all like played by Paul Servino. And the guy that owes him the money is Joe Piscopo. So Paul Servino is like if you want to live, you are going to produce and write a musical. Because Joe Piscopo's character used to be this great musical director. So yeah, like Joe it. Piscopo has to put on this musical but in exchange but but to do it he has to cast only the pe all the people that owe the mafia guy Paul Sorvino's character money. He has to use in this musical. So it's all these losers that come to audition, right? So one of the people that auditions is the pharmacist and who owes the mafia guy money. And we, the drag queen, finds this. Um, you know, it's so funny. I just said drag queen. Yet we are trying. He was giving us bad estrogen, so we actually are pre-op transsexuals, and we. <laughs> or a group of three of us that travel around, and we find him. And because of finding him, the mafia guy puts us in the musical as well. Ergo, how I end up in the musical. And it's so funny because Brian Herzlinger is a fabulous director of our film. It did not even come up in the audition, whether I sang or danced or anything. That's what's so funny. I didn't even know, like, I read the script. Maybe I got the script after the audition. Maybe I just had the sides for the audition. I didn't even know it was a musical until I read. I said, oh, my God, this is a full-fledged musical. How fun is this going to be? And they didn't even realize that they got this fierce musical comedy performer when they cast me. Okay? They thought they were just getting a pre-op transsexual, but what they really got was a fierce show-stopping performer as well, Deborah, Work it out. Oh, I love
0: it. I love it. That's That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> We had so much fun in this movie And, oh, Sarah Schre- Schreger, the Our choreographer Oh, um, my we It was just really, really wonderful Eric Bergen, I mean It is really We had a, a, a really fun time and It sounds like it It sounds like a movie you can't miss Yeah, and that one gets distributed It's so fun To have these various films coming out And I like the fact that, you know I truly am a character actor here in Hollywood You know, and I get to play these pre-op transsexuals and these drag queens and get to just have the time of my life creating these characters. So I'm very happy
0: about that. Absolutely. That's what an actor always strives for, new roles and challenging roles. Exactly. You also, uh, on top of everything else you do, you also co-host the popular online radio show On the Set with Jasper Cole on UBN Radio. How is it different for you being the interviewer versus the one being interviewed right now? And which do you prefer more? I enjoy both equally because both allow me to be
1: spontaneous mm-hmm. and fun. And that's a great question that you pose. Do I like being interviewed more? Or I, re- I really find it to be equal. Basically, I'm loquacious. And, I love people, and I love having fun. So right now I'm being interviewed. I'm having the time of my life. If
0: right.
1: I changed it now and I started asking you the questions, I'd still be having the time of my life. Mm-hmm. With our, You're so much fun. So it's like that's really, it, it's really an equal answer. And Jasper has provided such a great forum for our show. We are super fierce. I can just put it like that because... We started this show just under two years ago, and we used to be at Blog Talk Radio also, and we had a very successful run there, and people are still listening to our show. That's how fierce we are, okay?
0: That's We awesome. haven't even
1: been there, Deborah, and people are still listening to our archive shows. But uh, Jasper created this vehicle whereby we could talk about all things entertainment yeah. on the. This- show, And whenever Jasper or myself would happen to be up on a set, we would call in from the set if we could and ergo on the set with Jasper Cole. So we have enjoyed really wonderful guests, call in and live, and we have just – we keep soaring with the show, and now we're in syndication. We're about to go to yet another station. People – Jasper and I are completely opposite. He's a 25-year veteran. And as I am, too, so we have that in common. He plays Hollywood's bad guy, so he is very – we're we're both complete opposite types, but we've auditioned for the same episodes of TV shows together playing different parts. Um, Oh, that's interesting. It really is, and it's so funny when it's happened. We can't wait until we actually book the same episode. In fact, we're waiting to hear about one now so we can tell Planet Earth it's like, okay, you guys (laughs) – you think we're crazy together now, wait until you see us on the TV show together, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really have a great time doing that because, you know, in, in, in response also to your question about which do you prefer more, it was fun getting to interview people because we've interviewed all... It, it's not just actors and actresses. We do all people... It, it's all about the entertainment business. And Absolutely. And it says that we... It's all... Whatever aspect of entertainment And nowadays we don't even care if it's entertainment You have something to say Come on the show And let's talk about it but right. The thing is I've gotten to The ta- the roles have been reversed Let's say or the tables have been turned Or it's a different dynamic When I'm now getting to interview A casting director And Whereas before I'd be in the casting director's office Hoping I could get a job from this person uh-huh. Now you're on my radio show so it's a different dynamic. And mm-hmm. that's been very interesting and very fun to have. And now I can call these people my friends in a different way than I would have before. Because let's face it, in this business and in all aspects of things, there are just certain titles that we all carry. If I'm an actor and you're a casting director, just by virtue of those two titles, there's something that we each want from the other one. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's just there's just no way about avoiding that and it you know it it's just it, it it's more advantageous to own up to that where the finesse comes is how do you go about pursuing that and 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 how organically can we all make this happen, even though we are manipulating it and and conjuring it and right. i that's not to say that there are lots of things that happen organically and everything, but like I'm saying, Deborah it's just that's just the reality. When you meet a producer and you're an actor, it's just a different dynamic, if, say, to someone who is not in the business. It's like great. when I meet somebody who is an insurance agent, I'm like, okay, well, great, that's what you do and this is what I do. If I meet somebody and they say, I'm a TV writer, it's like, okay,
0: my interest is peaked a little differently, okay? Absolutely. No, that's that's the that's the nice part about... Having a radio show, um, and I don't just keep it to stars. I I interview, I interview casting directors and makeup artists. And it's all part of the entertainment business.
1: That's how oh it goes out.
0: So, is. listen. This is one thing Jasper has
1: taught me, and he believes in this so much. Actors, you are not number one. We are all part of this cog, Deborah. The actors get all the limelight because we're in front of the camera, but when it boils down to the end of the day, we are a number and an entity. And is that number or entity going to boost this corporation and generate more income? And as horrible as that sounds and as as, as cutthroat as that sounds, that is the reality of the business. And it's not to say I think every parent that is willing to encourage their child to pursue this business is wonderful, and I was lucky enough to have my parents do that. But when you think about it, you do all this preparation work and you really want to prepare your craft. When it comes down to the bottom line, it is nothing personal about you. It is are you going to be able – to generate this money for our company. And unfortunately, that is the reality about our life, and we learn how to maneuver through that reality by um, having good work ethic, but keeping it real. And life exists because of money, and we need that. And as much as it's nice to say is money isn't everything, no, it isn't everything, but it is essential. And when you were working in the big business, like I've been very fortunate to work in, and yes, I liked being liked, and I liked being wanted, it becomes very real when it's like, can't use him now, it's not working the way we need to, we need to move on. And I'm I'm learning more and more, and that's part of being a veteran like I am. And that's Mm -hmm. part of why Jasper is taking me on this ride with him too, because we all see it. From no matter where you are in this career, it happens to wherever you are. And the higher you get up there, the more precarious and the more problems that can come along with it. So, always something, Deborah, but it's a ride that I'm enjoying taking. And I'm happy to be able to take the positive route and not the negative cutthroat route because. It's very easy to do that in this industry and with all this new technology and with everything that's going on. All, we're all scrambling to keep our heads above water and to do whatever we need to do. And if you have tons of money, you're still scrambling to keep your head above water. If you have no money, you're still scrambling to keep your head above water. You see what I mean? It's all leveling and it's Mm -hmm. all equal, and we're all in this together, and I wish this is something I could just impart on planet Earth. I wish I could just say it, and it would be true, that we're all fierce. Stop the guns. Stop the violence. Let's just live. If you want to hate somebody, call them a nasty name and move
0: on. And move on. Yeah, I agree. Well, I want to thank you very much, Ralph, um, for being with us. It was wonderful to have you here, um, and uh what a great interview. Um, can you hold on the line for a second while I uh, wrap up the show?
1: Excellent. I certainly will, Deborah, and thank you very much for including me as a guest on your wonderful media night show, and thank you, Planet Eartha. Okay. Hold on.
0: That will uh that will conclude our, our interview with Ralph Cole Jr. Have a great day and night, and I will see you soon. And Wow, what a great interview.